I'm Sarah. And I'm Emily. Welcome to Strange and Sinister, where we talk about true crime, psychology, conspiracy theories, mysteries, and all things spooky and weird. I wish I had a Baja Blast, too. We oh. got we both got Taco Bell today, unknowingly. Unknowingly, separately. We just came home with Taco Bell. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was a good choice today. Yeah, I guess it's just Taco Tuesday today. What can I say? Is it Tuesday? It is it's, Tuesday it today. It is Tuesday. Whoa. <laughs> it's Taco Tuesday. All right. Uh, welcome to episode 27. Mm-hmm. Oh, holy shit. 27. Oh, we're almost at 30. Whoa, that feels weird. We have a podcast with 27 episodes out. Right? Damn, we're professionals. <laughs> Not really. We're recording this at our kitchen table. We're getting there. <laughs> How do y'all like the new mics? Yeah, right? Aren't they so nice? <sighs> I love them. Me too. It was okay to go a little broke for them. Yeah, right. It's worth it. <laughs> I agree, especially because we don't have to hold them now. Yeah, that was That's so much better. That was rough. Yeah. Ugh. I don't think I could ever go back. Yeah, no, now that we have these, I couldn't. All right. So I think we should just jump in because Emily's a little under the weather. So Yeah, but I'm still showing up. She is. <laughs> She's dedicated. I am. So uh, today we're talking about the murder of Danita Smith. And this is actually another North Carolina case. Whoa. I feel like I've stumbled upon, like, so many North Carolina cases. Yeah, what is and going we've, on we've there? we've covered a lot. Yeah. Uh, Zeb. Yeah. Aisha. Uh-huh. Dennis. Yeah. Whoa. Why is yeah. everything in North Carolina? I know. And I, around the time that I found this case was, was <laughs> which was like six months ago before we took a hiatus i found this episode and started researching it then uh i found like a bunch at once and they just all happened to be in north carolina and they're on my list of like cases to cover but north carolina just always pops up for me that's so weird we're not going there anytime soon no (laughs) although i do i do like north carolina yeah i like going to the beach Let's go to the beach, beach. And they got mountains. They kind of got everything. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. I take it back. I like North Carolina. Yeah. Just need to learn some self-defense for you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, Danita Monique Smith was born on November 20th, 1981 in Charlotte, North Carolina, to parents Sharon and Calvin Smith, and she had a brother named Jonathan and a sister named Jaleesa. And Danita wanted to be a photographer growing up. Aww. Uh, and she always carried around a camera with her. Her mother says that Danita had this special way of looking at the world and would see things that no one else would see. She was also described by her family and friends as ambitious, the type of person who once she set her mind to something would always accomplish it. Oh, that's cute. She developed also an interest in writing and journalism, and after she graduated high school in 2000, she chose to go to college at North Carolina Central University in Durham, North Carolina, which is just over two hours away from Charlotte and is outside the city of Raleigh. 
North Carolina. Oh. She majored in English, and she graduated in 2004 with a bachelor degree. Bachelor's degree? I have one. I should know how to say it. <laughs> <laughs> no, when I graduated college, when people were like, what you graduate in? Or like, what you get? I'd be like, is it bachelor's of science or bachelor's of science? Is it a bachelor's of science? Yeah, I literally would say that because I have no idea. um, It's BS. It's bullshit. Yeah, for real. No, that is so fucking true. My diploma is on my bedroom floor still in the envelope. And it says BS, bachelor's of science. BS. (laughs) I don't really know what to do with it. It's just on my bedroom floor. In Mine's an envelope. somewhere. Probably at my parents' house. <laughs> so, yeah. She graduated uh, in 2004 with a bachelor's degree and chose to go back to school at uh, the same college and pursue a graduate degree in English, too. In college, Shanita was also part of the uh, school's newspaper where she was both a writer and a photographer. And she also became a mentor to younger students in writing classes. And she also had a fellowship with the New York Times. Whoa. Whatever that means, but it sounds cool. Fellowship. Uh, so she was definitely on the path to becoming a really good photojournalist. And that's so cool. She had a bright future ahead of her. Danita also had a long term boyfriend named Jameer Stroud. They'd met and started dating in 2000, and they'd met at college their first year where he also attended. And after he graduated, he went on to become a police officer in the town of Greensboro, which was about an hour away from Durham. They continued to date, and they saw each other as often as they could, and he actually moved to Greensboro so that he could be closer to his job. Jameer proposed to Janita, and they became engaged in November of 2006. Yeah, they were together a long time. Uh, Like six years. Yeah, before they got engaged. engaged. Most people don't wait that long. That's my rule. (laughs) Yeah, six months. I told Jeff, five years. (laughs) So from the outside, everything seemed to be going super well for Janita, and she was on the path to total success. She was super ambitious. And where our case starts, Danita was in graduate school. She was 25 years old and living in an on-campus apartment called Campus Crossings Apartments in Durham, North Carolina. On January 4th, 2007, Danita left her apartment as she did every day. And the apartment she lived in are the kind where the stairs and the halls are like outside, you know? Mm. Uh and they were just two-story apartments, and she lived on the second floor. And Michael Hedgepeth was the director of maintenance at the Campus Crossings Apartments. And at around 8.15 a.m. in the morning, he placed a call with the Durham Police Department to report gunshots. He would also describe to police of a woman he saw who was 5'10", black, and her hair was up in a ponytail, and she was clearly distraught following the sounds of these gunshots. And he went up to her as she was running through the complex. Uh, The woman 
had her hands up in front of her face when he saw her and she was shaking and she explained to him that she was really scared of guns which yeah (laughs) same girl by the time the police arrived on scene uh the woman had already left in her burgundy suv and the police looked around couldn't find anything suspicious or where the gunshot originated from so they left without filing a report what yeah why like a gunshot on a college campus and you're gonna and you're not gonna file a report yeah i don't know about that that is like i mean that's what happened but i'm like i don't know what you were thinking i forgot it was on a college campus yeah Yeah. what oh today that would not fly ain't No. no way like maybe off campus okay but even then but uh on campus oh my gosh yeah that just wouldn't happen no way at around 10 a.m that morning a student named Corey smith left his apartment and started making his way down the stairs when he stumbled upon a really startling scene he first saw items scattered on the stairs and at the bottom of the stairs was a woman laying face down and he thought she'd fallen down the stairs at first uh, but he quickly realized she wasn't breathing and he placed a 911 call while on the phone with the dispatcher he also included that she was covered in blood and he asked the dispatcher if he could check her belongings for an id which he did and he was able to identify her as janita smith what paramedics and police quickly arrived on scene where they found that janita had actually died not by falling down the stairs, but by a gunshot to the back of her head. Damn, what the fuck? I know. That was the gunshot that had been reported earlier that morning, and they connected the dots now, and they now had something else very unsettling. There was an unnamed witness that had fled the scene. She'd spoken to the maintenance worker, and they didn't know her name or anything else about her besides what the, what the witness said that she was driving a burgundy SUV. So figuring out this witness would be extremely important as she could have seen something suspicious or she could be the person they're looking for. At the scene, police saw that these personal items of Danita that were scattered around the stairs included her keys, her purse, and wallet. And there were still money in her wallet so they could immediately dismiss theft as a motive yeah she didn't get robbed what the heck with all the commotion on campus Danita's friend Edith sorry this is kind of confusing but Danita had a good friend named Edith whose brother also lived in the apartments that Danita lived at okay so he had called Edith that morning to check in and ask if she'd heard from Danita since he knew she lived there too and he was concerned with all the commotion There was also already, like, rumors going around on campus that Danita had fallen or there was some sort of accident. So, I think the college campus at that point had called Danita's family and told them something along the lines that there had been an accident or she'd fallen because that's all they knew at that point. Oh. Because I don't think the gunshots were confirmed until a paramedic got there. Or the police, whoever got there first. That's crazy. Yeah, because somehow at first they just thought she'd fallen. Not, how do you not see a gunshot in the back? Of I, know, I mean, yeah. I guess it depends on the way that she was, like, laying. Yeah. So I kind of get that, but oh, 
But also... I hate that. I, you would have thought that everyone there would have heard the gunshot this morning. Right, yeah. So wouldn't they have thought... Oh they my put God. the pieces together? Yeah. yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe not. I yeah, mean, maybe not. I guess the first thing, if I saw someone laying on the ground like that, I guess my first thought wouldn't be gunshot. that they got shot. If you hadn't heard a gunshot yeah, that exactly. day. Yeah. So I guess that makes sense. But that yeah. still is heartbreaking. So Edith was super worried. So she called, she tried calling Danita and couldn't reach her. So then she called Danita's fiance, Jameer who was actually already on his way to Durham, I guess. I don't know if he'd been called by the family or somebody else, but somehow he'd heard something had happened. So he was on his way to the Campus Crossings apartments um, so that he could try to get in touch with Danita or figure out what was happening. And Jameer arrived on scene and was informed that Danita had passed away. Uh, He spoke with investigators, and when they asked Jameer where he'd been that morning, he told them, he was at home asleep in Greensboro uh, because he'd worked a night shift the night before. So after talking to investigators, Jameer spent the rest of the day with his and Danita's family. Uh, the following day, Jameer learned, I believe from investigators, I think they called him like on his drive back to Greensboro or while he was, he was like in his car, I think. And... The police called him, and they informed him that they were looking for the driver of a red Ford Explorer. And Jameer told them that he knew a woman who drove that exact car. No. And her name was Shannon Elizabeth Crawley. Wait, is this the lady with the burgundy SUV? Yeah. (gasps) No! Yeah. Oh, God. Okay. Jameer had met Shannon in 2004 when he'd moved to Greensboro. They met through work as he was a police officer and she was a 911 dispatcher. They'd met at a training for emergency operators and police officers, I think mainly training a training course in communication with each other. Uh, they became work friends, which pretty quickly became an affair. And Shannon quickly developed strong feelings for Jameer and at first she didn't know that he was already in a relationship with another woman but when she learned this she continued to quote-unquote date Jameer what where's that girl co come on I know and I mean this relationship especially on Jameer's end was very sexually motivated it was definitely Uh like a friends with benefits Kind of I mean, thing. I'm not saying it's her fault. Let's get no. that very clear. Well, yeah, yeah. Let's but, get that very clear well, too. Yeah, it's yeah. his fault as well. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. what I mean. I mean, this all started because Jameer was a dipshit. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, all men. <laughs> it's all men's fault. <laughs> uh, Jameer, to our knowledge, had no plans to leave Danita. He even had a photo of her in his apartment, which is how Shannon found out that Jameer had a girlfriend. Uh, So he wasn't hiding it from Shannon. And when she saw the photos, he just straight up told her, yeah, that's my girlfriend. (laughs) Uh, But Danita would never know that her boyfriend slash fiance had cheated on her. That's so horrible. I don't even think she knew this woman existed. Oh, my God. I would die. I know. I literally would die. Like, I don't would die you were dating for like six years like yes. you're engaged to be married yeah 
I literally, like, would not be able to continue. No. I mean, I would because it's fuck men at that point. <laughs> yeah. But that's hard. That's so hard. I oh, know. man. It's so awful. Not all men, but, you know. Most? Most. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm not here to hate on men. Me neither. <laughs> but a little bit in this situation. At some point, towards the end of 2005, Jameer got Shannon pregnant, but she ended up getting an abortion. Shannon had two children already from a prior relationship, and this abortion, although it would become conflicting who really wanted the abortion and who wanted to keep the child, led them to break up. However, it wasn't immediately like they cut each other off or stopped talking. They were still talking they were still friends whatever that means yeah uh, following this breakup oh uh, listen y'all do not like if, the, if you're seeing a guy and he has a girlfriend like just don't i wouldn't continue yeah <laughs> no. i would not continue he's not he's not gonna leave her for you and if he does he's just gonna cheat on you too like once it's a one cheater, always a yes. cheater. Yeah, always. I'm a firm believer in that. <laughs> Me too. I've been cheated on, and that's it's Ugh, not ick. it. I'm so sorry. It is not it. So Jameer told the police that he told Shannon he didn't want to have a baby with her and that he'd ended his affair with Shannon the year before. But according to his story, Shannon had not stopped trying to contact him since. She had kind of developed this deep uh, obsession with him. Oh. Yeah. No. Why, why are we getting obsessed with men? I don't know. Especially Jameer. Like, come on. Yeah. He's this cheating man. on his fiance, like, girlfriend. I think girlfriend at this point. But he's cheating no. on her. Like, he's not a good person, Shannon. So We're not to be obsessed with cheating men. So when the police interviewed Shannon, she told police that she'd heard that Danita had been shot, but she told them she didn't know where Danita lived, nor had she really been to Durham. She'd just driven through it, apparently. And she told police she'd seen Danita only once before in person, two weeks before that at church, and beyond that, she'd only seen photos of her at Jameer's house. And we'll get to the church thing later. Sorry. Okay. No, it's okay. <laughs> Investigators asked where she'd been the morning of January 4th, and she told them that she'd been late to work because she had to take her child to the doctor for an appointment. That spoiler alert, that's a lie. <laughs> yeah, what? What time did she say that was? Um, She just said that the morning of the 4th, she oh, told them she that had she'd to been to late the- to work. You know, she was a 911 operator. Uh, oh, my gosh. No. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and she was late because she had to take her kid to a doctor's appointment, is what she said. Okay. To police. Where's the receipts? Yeah. Where, where? Shannon also had a slightly different version of her relationship. Shannon told her parents and police that Jameer was controlling and violent and that she was afraid of him. She said he was stalking her and couldn't let go of her or move on after she'd broken up with him. According to her, she was the one who wanted the abortion because she didn't want another child. However, Jameer had wanted to keep the baby. They asked Shannon if she had a gun, to which Shannon told them no. Okay. 
Following this interview with Shannon, they interviewed Jameer again and asked if he'd been stalking Shannon. He told them no, that Shannon was actually stalking him, and told police again that she was actually the one that wanted to have the baby with them, and following the abortion, he'd ended the affair with her. So that it's all like he said, she said. Yeah, like, this is messy. Yeah. It, what? Yeah. Ew. Okay, I can't. Just messy. I know. Police obtained a warrant for Shannon's house, her car, and her phone records. Police would find that Shannon was lying about not being in Durham as her phone had pinged off a tower less than a mile away from Danita's apartments the morning that Danita was killed, which is a big deal when you live like an hour, hours away. So yeah. it's not like she lived in the same town. Uh, and the steering wheel of her car was also tested or it tested positive for gun residue. <gasps> Oh, yeah. and she's saying she didn't own a gun? Yeah. No, girl. Shannon was arrested on January 9th, 2007, only five days after the murder of Danita Smith. However, awaiting for trial, Shannon was released on bail and stayed with her parents and children in Charlotte, North Carolina. It's kind of weird. Uh, maybe not, because she's still in the state, but they let her stay in a different city. When she was out on bail. Can you do that? I guess. But I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I guess she I've can never do it. been she out on bail, so I couldn't <laughs> tell you. I always wondered how paying your bail works. How does that work? I don't know. Like, do you whip out your credit card and you're just like, all right, run it? I don't like, think that's what? exactly how. I think you kind of get loaned money from, like, there's companies that do it. Yeah, like bail bonds. Yeah, there you go. Oh, okay. It's all adding what, up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you like, they give you the money up front. You pay them back slowly, probably with that interest. Makes, yeah, that makes sense. That makes You're sense. Probably, you probably have to sell your soul <laughs> and you're in debt the rest of your life. Bailed out of jail. Yeah. yeah. Just don't go to jail in the first place and you're good. Yeah, don't commit a crime. Yeah, how about that? How about yeah. we start there? Don't commit uh, a crime. Don't do arson, Emily. Uh, you know what? I won't. Maybe. <laughs> if the right circumstances. Listen, is the, if the circumstances arise and they present themselves to me, I cannot confirm nor deny that I will be committing arson. Listen, y'all, I took a baby hit before I did this. Can I say that? I yeah. did it. Uh, so I'm feeling a little talkative and like a little unfocused. So. That's okay. <laughs> Whoops. I'm kind of unfocused, but it's because I'm hazy. I'm Aww. not even hazy in the b- good way. Aww. I want to take a Benadryl. <laughs> That's the kind of hazy I want to be. I pop Dang. a Benny and pass out. We're both hazy in our own ways. Yeah. <laughs> now, Shannon still had another story to share with the world. As she was still claiming her innocence, and on May 30th, 2007, five months after Danita's murder, Shannon went to investigators with another story. She said that the day before Janita was killed, Jameer had come to her house unannounced and made her kids go with their babysitter while he and Shannon talked through the night. The next morning at around 5 a.m., he forced her to drive him to Durham and that he threatened to kill her and her children if she didn't. What? According to Shannon, he forced her to drive him to Danita's complex, and when they arrived, he took her keys and phone so she couldn't leave or call for help, and she told police that he left her and went into the apartments 
and that she'd gotten out of the car at one point and only about four feet out from the car when she began to hear fighting and a gunshot. And following this, he ran back to the car and hid in the back seat while he instructed her to drive off. Okay. So, we'll say that this story, this statement is possible, but there's no evidence to prove it whatsoever. Witnesses never saw a man fleeing the crime. In fact, they'd saw a woman fitting Shannon's exact description fleeing the scene by herself. Yeah. Uh, Shannon states that she didn't leave more than the few feet away from her car and that the maintenance man had tried to approach her at the car, but Jameer made her drive off before he could stop them. That's what her story was. That, what? Yeah. Oh my gosh, it's so creepy though, knowing that, you know, she most probably killed her, and she yeah. was like talking to the maintenance guy and was like, "Oh, guns just freak me out." Oh right, like no, bro, yeah. what? Yes. Ew. Yeah, guns just really scare me, even though I just shot somebody. A woman. Yeah, yeah. What? Also, during this time, uh, the months waiting for trial, um, of course, police weren't really buying that story because there was just no evidence to prove it. Like, they were open to investigating it, but they just weren't, like, nothing was proving her story to be right. So, Shannon recorded phone conversations between her and Jameer. Allegedly. Because investigators were pretty quickly to believe that these tapes were fabricated by Shannon in order to incriminate Jameer. Oh, my Yeah, gosh. so she made fake audio tapes. What? What year yeah. is this? 2006? Uh, yeah. Okay, Technolo- 2007. Technologically advanced. I okay, guess so. For the time. <laughs> yeah. Jeez, why, girl? So uh, these audio recordings would go on to be played in trial, but not by the desires of Shannon's legal team because they're atrocious. Uh, they do not make Shannon look good in any way. Uh, and I looked everywhere for these audio recordings because I really hoped we could listen to them. And the only place I ever find them is in an episode of Dateline uh, where really? they covered this case. So that's like the only place. And I don't even know like 100% if it's the original audio or if it's a yeah. reenactment. So... But either way, like, the impression you get of these audios in the Dateline episode is exactly what investigators have said upon hearing this audio. So it's either the same or similar. That's funny. Yeah. At one point, Jameer asked Shannon in these audio tapes, who have you been talking to? To which she said, no one. But Jameer told her he knew she was talking. Oh. Oh, God. This is just, it's so... Anyways, Shannon asked him why this was happening, and Jameer answered that Danita did know of the affair and was, quote, pulling away, which is total bullshit. I don't think. Yeah. Personally, I don't think Danita knew about the affair at all. No one knows for sure, but uh, in these recordings, Jameer also threatened Shannon, and Shannon asked, what, you'll kill me too? To which Jameer answered, you know, I'll do it again. What? Yeah. Uh, Jameer's a police officer. He wouldn't be saying that. 
So she's like splicing these to like make it sound. No, like- he's um, it's like a friend she got to like. Oh, to like pretend to, to pretend be him. to be him. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. I guess I could have explained that better. No, that's okay. I just wanted to make sure. That is so strange. What the hell? Like, also, like, were their voices not going to be, like, different? Yeah. And we'll talk a little bit. Like, uh, they address it in the trial. So we'll kind of, when I go over the trial, we'll kind of talk okay. about that uh, then. But um, kind of while we're on the topic of Jameer, um, I don't want anyone to think that investigators went easy on him just because he was a cop. You know, that can sometimes happen Yeah. Uh, in cases involving police officers. Uh, they're just, you know. Uh, but they were suspicious of Jameer, and they kept him on their radar, but his story never changed, and there was never any evidence that Jameer was involved in any way. Okay. So, next, uh, trigger warning for sexual assault. I'll keep it brief. But on June 20th, 2008, while living in Charlotte, Shannon went to the ER saying that she'd just been raped by Jeremy Jameer Stroud, not Jeremy, (laughs) who had cut her on the thigh, cut her clothes off, and she also stated that he'd penetrated her with a knife and ejaculated during the assault. What? The hospital treated her, but they only found knife wounds to the outside of her Mm -hmm. vagina and one on her thigh as well as one on her neck but nothing on the inside of her vagina which there would be quite a bit of damage if he'd done what she she's saying he did so that's not adding up um gosh nor did they find any semen in or on her so oh okay it's very awful but dumb to accuse someone of raping you in such a violent way that there would be all this evidence. Yeah, what? Like, why would you say that? Yeah, why would you say that when there's literally nothing to back it up yeah. at all? Okay. And then you're going to go to the hospital, too. You're not going to just say this happened, but you're going right. to go to the hospital where they can document that what you're saying isn't adding up. Weird. Yeah. So police investigated, and they found that Jameer's phone pinged that he was in Greensboro the night that Shannon claimed to be raped. Shannon was in Charlotte, that's over an hour away, and he had a receipt for McDonald's for that he'd been to during the time that the rape would have happened. A detective would also testify in court that Jamira would have had to have traveled from Charlotte to Greensboro at about 120 miles per hour without stopping for even red lights in order for the story to even be slightly possible. The nurse and doctor that treated Shannon would also testify in court that there was no injuries requiring stitches and that there was no injuries to the vaginal canal and there was also no semen found on her. So, I also mentioned earlier how Shannon had seen Danita once only weeks before at church. Danita attended a Christmas Eve service with her fiancé, Jameer, at his church in Greensboro, and Shannon was also there 
And this wasn't Shannon's church. She'd actually just started attending since they'd broken up, which sounds like a stalker to me. Yeah. And she'd also apparently, like, in the time after they broke up, she'd also moved to his neighborhood. Oh. Yeah. Okay. You know, before she was arrested and bailed out and had to go live with her parents. But, Uh. yeah. When Shannon saw Danita at the church with Jameer, this is also right after Danita and Jameer got engaged. So it's possible that she found out at church or at around this time that they'd gotten engaged, which really could have been what drove Shannon over the edge. Yeah, that's a big stressor. During the autopsy of Danita, a bullet was recovered and ballistics were done on this bullet that would tell investigators that she'd been shot with a 38 caliber revolver. And police, you know, or Shannon had told police earlier that, no, I don't own a gun. I, I don't have a gun. Oh. You know. Yeah. That. Police would also learn that this is a lie as a friend and co-worker of Shannon would come forward, the owner of this 38 caliber revolver who sold this gun to Shannon in the parking lot of the 911 call center they both worked at. Oh my gosh, yeah. what are you doing? I know. This person told police that they given Shannon the gun for protection against Shamir, and this person who sold Shannon the gun did testify in court. Uh... And Shannon changed her story and said that shortly after purchasing the gun that now she's bought because somebody came forward, that she dumped the gun in a dumpster and dumped the bullets in another dumpster, you know, shortly after she got the gun. Why? What? Yeah, it doesn't make sense. That doesn't make any sense. So the trial began on February 9th, 2010. The prosecution believed that Danita did not know of Shannon or the affair, and she did not know that she was in danger the day that Shannon killed her, which is crazy to think she didn't even know this woman existed. Yeah, no. And then when she, just... she came and killed her. Yeah, what? She was just living her life. Doing her thing. Yeah, that's crazy. That's so scary. The prosecution would say that Shannon was the stalker and that she'd killed Danita, but her defense said that Jameer was actually stalking her and that he'd killed Danita and, of course, forced Shannon to drive the getaway car so that they could explain away the evidence. Jameer shared in court that he would have never thought Shannon could be capable of killing Danita, that he didn't suspect her until he learned about the car description that matched Shannon's car fleeing the scene. And also, Shannon was always described as being so calm and emotionless and just kind of unbothered, kind of rehearsed. She definitely didn't act like a you, you'd think a person would being on trial for murder. Ew. That's Especially creepy. if they were innocent. Yeah. Uh, in the Dateline episode, the police said that on the day they arrested her, she walked out of the house like she was going to get the mail. Like, she was just emotionless. Like, and meanwhile, her family's, like, hysterically crying because their daughter's being arrested, but she's just walking out of her house like... Oh, that's like crazy. It's nothing. Yeah. Shannon's lawyer uh, tried to get the audio tapes dismissed from evidence, 
so that they wouldn't be played to the jury, which, of course, because they're fake. And I believe the official reason they gave uh, was that there were details in the audio tapes that weren't being addressed otherwise in trial, so they should just get tossed altogether was the (laughs) lawyer's uh, excuse. And you think, like, why would the defense not want to include audio recordings of someone else admitting to the crime? But it's because that's how obvious it was that they weren't real. That's how, like, unbelievable they were. That had to have been funny. I know. I wish I could, like, hear these full audio tapes or have a transcript or, like, I just want to know what kind of, like, bullshit what she was spewing. Yeah. So the recordings were played in court, and according to the prosecution, Jameer had a very deep voice, and the voice in these recordings were much higher pitched than Jameer's voice. It just didn't sound like him. And everything that the defense had to say about Jameer was purely based off the things that Shannon was saying and not any tangible evidence. Uh, Besides these recordings, which weren't credible at all, um, there was zero evidence that Jameer had anything to do with the murder of Danita. No witness could place him at the crime scene. There's no DNA. There's nothing. So after seven hours of deliberation, and there was a lot of other evidence that I'm just not including, but uh, Shannon was found guilty to the murder of Danita Monique Smith and was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. To this day, Shannon still claims that she's innocent, as does her family. They stick by that it was Jameer and that he was abusing Shannon and had set her up to take the fall for it, which he is a police officer. It's not entirely impossible that he could make her look really guilty and um, frame her for his crime. Like, he'd probably be able to do it, and it would be in a similar way to this, I guess. But she just did way too many, like, like she kind of fucked herself up there because she faked the rape pretty obviously. That didn't happen. And the audio files were not real. So it's pretty yeah, obvious. She like, she did it to her son, yeah, she, girl. And it's just, it's so upsetting that this woman was a 911 operator. Right. Like, like her what? job was to help people like possibly on the worst day of their life like when they're going through traumatic you know uh traumatic events and medical emergencies and she just chose to kill a 25 year old woman over jealousy that is so dumb because she thought she was taking her man yeah it wasn't it wasn't even her man that was not even your man that was your fake man Danita's mother would speak in court and say to Shannon, because of what Shannon did, there's a void. You took her away from me. Someday I may forgive you, but right now I don't, and I hope you rot in hell. You're vile. You don't deserve to be a mother. Oh, dang. She doesn't. Well, no, I agree. Uh, So that's uh, the murder of Danita Smith, and my heart goes out to her family and loved ones, uh, Danita had a bright future and she deserved way better than this yeah oh my gosh she did not deserve to be cheated on by jameer and she did not deserve the jealousy of shannon 
and I think Danita would have been a great photojournalist. Uh, she was clearly really passionate about it and dedicated, and she was getting a master's, which is not easy. Yeah, that's so cool. I can't imagine having that motivation to go back to school after graduating right. college. Well, like- <laughs> I literally wanted to because I graduated, and then I was like, I have no direction. Okay, yeah. But... I think that's cool that she literally just knew what she wanted and she just was doing that. And it was such a cool degree, too. Right. That's so cool. Yes. Well, that's kind of it. Oh, okay. (laughs) Thanks for telling the story. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was great. Um, This uh, case has been covered in a lot of kind of episodes. I think Dateline, uh, ID uh investigative discovery whatever it's called i think did a show on it too um oxygen i think did a show on it uh so if you want to learn more about uh this case we'll tell you about it on the gram yeah i'll I'll be prepared i wasn't prepared to say all this So, yeah, go follow us on Instagram. Yeah, at Strange and Sinister. And I'm so sorry about how I told this episode. I feel like I did terrible. No, you did great. It was good. I I just... Was it a little disorganized? No, I don't think so. You don't? Okay. No. Because sometimes I felt like I would just say things and they were out of nowhere. I'm like, oh, okay. (laughs) No. No, I think it all made sense. Good. I understood. Um, That's all I got. Well... Stay spooky. (laughs) Stay weird. And we'll see you next time. Bye.